Om Sang Saraswati Namaha. Upon my departure, she removed and presented this hair ornament. So here's Hanuman. He's showing to Ram the hair ornament of Sita, uh, just as proof that he was there to see her. The Lord of Light took it and held it to his heart. O Lord, the daughter of the cause had tears in both of her eyes when she said this to me. Touch the feet of the Lord along with those of his younger brother and say, You are the friend of the distressed and take away the pain of those who take refuge in you. By my mind, my speech, and my actions, I am totally dedicated to your feet. Then, Master, for which fault of mine have you left me? Yes, I can certainly accept one fault, that being separated from you, I have not yet left my life. But, my Lord, this is the fault of my eyes, who are presenting an obstacle for life to leave. The agony of separation from you is like fire. My body is cotton. My breath is the wind. In this way, the union between fire and wind could burn my body in a moment. But the eyes, for their own welfare, desiring to see you again, keep raining tears to extinguish the fire of separation. Nature's difficulties are so great, and you are so compassionate to the afflicted. Therefore, it is better not to speak anymore. These are Hanuman's words describing Sita's plight. Her body is like cotton. Her soul is the wind. Her breath is the wind. And the union between fire and wind uh, would uh, certainly, uh, it, here, uh, her, her, the agony uh, of separation is like fire. Her body is like cotton. Her breath is the wind. But her eyes keep pouring down tears to extinguish the flames. Otherwise, she would ex ignite in a moment. So, O oh fountain of compassion, her every moment passes as slowly as an age. O oh Lord, let us go immediately and with the strength of your arms vanquish the army of evil and bring her to safety. Hearing the extent of nature's pain, tears came to the lotus eyes of the Lord. He said, For anyone who takes refuge in me in word and mind and body. How can they experience difficulties even in a dream? Pure devotion said, the only difficulty arises when people forget to worship you. Oh Lord, how can the demons count before you? Defeat the enemies and bring back the daughter of the cause. So he said, what, what, are, what are these demons before you? They're nothing. Go ahead and defeat them and bring back Sita. The Lord said, listen, monkey. Neither among God's men or men of wisdom has any embodied being performed such a great benefit to me as you have done. 
I cannot think that I will ever be able to perform a benefit to you of a similar value. There's nothing I can do to repay you. Listen, dear one. I have thought it over extensively and have concluded that I cannot be free from my debt to you. So he's really indebted to Hanuman. The protector of gods again and again looked at the monkey. Tears came to his eyes and his body trembled. Hearing the Lord's words, seeing his pleased countenance, pure devotion was filled with delight. He fell to the earth at the Lord's feet and called, Protect me, protect me, O supreme divinity. Again and again, the Lord tried to raise him, but lost in deep love, he would not get up. Where shall I go? How can I, this is the most wonderful place in the world to be, at the feet of God. Why would I get up? Uh, the Lord pulled his lotus hands, put his lotus hands on the monkey's head, and the Lord of Gauri, Shiva, was overcome by emotion in remembering that feeling. Remember, Hanuman was the 11th avatar, the 11th incarnation of Shiva. And when Ram put his hands on Hanuman's head, Shiva just became immersed in feelings of devotion. Just looking at the bliss of Hanuman, Shiva became totally enraptured. Uh, so it, the, the Lord of Gauri, Shiva, was overcome by emotion in remembering that feeling. Then, composing his mind, the cause of peace, Shiva, continued his extremely beautiful narration. Remember, Shiva is telling this story to, to Parvati. The Lord raised the monkey and embraced him to his heart, then took his hand and made him sit down near beside him. Tell me, monkey, how did you burn down the well-protected fortress of the kingdom of the ego? Pure devotion knew that the Lord was pleased, so he spoke in words without pride or ego. A monkey's greatest skill lies in jumping from limb to limb. What I did in jumping across the ocean, burning the golden city, slaying the demon warriors, destroying the grove of pleasure, these are all because of the greatness of the king of light. For this, O oh Lord, I deserve no credit whatsoever. It's all you. It's just your blessing and your greatness. O oh Lord, with whomever you are pleased, for him there is nothing at all that cannot be attained. For you, even the impossible becomes possible, just like cotton could burn underwater. O Lord, bestow your grace upon me and grant me eternal devotion, which is the cause of supreme bliss. As Shiva said, When the Lord heard the extremely simple words from the monkey, O Divine Mother, he said, So shall it be. Eva must do. So shall it be. 
O Divine Mother Uma, those who have understood the intrinsic nature of consciousness have no desire to stop singing to the Lord or to consider any other idea. That's kind of important. <laughs> yeah, those who have understood the intrinsic nature of consciousness have no desire to stop singing to the Lord or to consider any other idea. I mean, like, what else would you do as long as you had a body? Use it for its most important function that it could perform. Singing to God. What else would you want to think about? <laughs> Whoever has that relationship with the Lord of light in his heart, he will attain supreme devotion to his lotus feet. Hearing the Lord's words, the host of monkeys began to shout, Victory to the gracious bestower of bliss! Victory! Victory! Siyabhura Ramachandra ki jai! Monkeys! Siyabhura Ramachandra ki jai! Thank you. <laughs> then the Lord of Light called the Lord of the Monkeys, Sugriv, and told him to make preparations for the journey. Now, for what purpose shall we wait? Immediately, give orders to assemble the monkey forces. Seeing that the Lord was preparing to complete the drama for which he had come and making preparations to slay the ego, the gods were pleased and rained flowers from the sky and then departed to their home. The Lord of the Monkeys called the various commanders of monkeys and bears to assemble, and the multitude came in various colors, and all of them were possessed of tremendous strength. Now look at this army of monkeys and bears. If you can bear to look. They all bowed their heads to the feet of the Lord, and the bears and monkeys of great strength growled. Consciousness looked at the entire army of monkeys. And then the lotus-eyed repository of grace looked at the commanders. The monkeys derived great strength from the grace of consciousness, and the best of the monkeys became like huge mountains sprouting great wings. <laughs> Filled with delight, consciousness commenced the journey, and many auspicious omens were seen. It was appropriate for there to be good omens upon the commencement of this expedition because his fame is filled with welfare for all. For all. Daughter of the one without a body also knew of the commencement of the Lord's journey because her left limbs began to tremble. Whatever were good omens for the daughter of the cause were bad omens for the ego. Who could count the numbers of that marching army? Uncountable monkeys and bears were roaring. 
with no other weapon other than their claws. Some carried rocks and trees, which they had picked up along the way. Some traveled in the air, some on the land, according to their desire. The bears and monkeys roared like lions, while the elephants in all directions trembled and trumpeted. And now comes the chand, which describes the march of the army towards the sea. The elephants of the directions began to trumpet. The earth shook, the mountains trembled, and the waves of the sea became agitated. Celestial beings, gods, men of wisdom, snakes, divine beings, all experienced delight in their minds, knowing that now their pain would soon be ended. Uncountable monkey warriors gnashed their teeth and uncountable others ran ahead crying, Victory to the strong, the heroic, the lord of the nation of welfare, the respected supreme consciousness and singing of his qualities. The great king of snakes, Sheesh, uh, uh, who means uh, uh, the ultimate, uh, who supports the earth, had difficulty supporting the weight of that immense army. Again and again, he grew faint under the extreme weight and bit his teeth into the hard shell of the tortoise which supports him. So here you have Kurma Devta, Vishnu's uh, avatar as the tortoise, who is supporting Amantha, or Sheshnag, the 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 energy of infinity, the sheish, the ultimate energy. And upon this uh, sheish nag, he's supporting the earth. And upon the earth is marching the monkey army. And uh, sheish nag, who has all the infinite energy, is so burdened by the strength of this army that he bit into the tortoise shell of of the tortoise, of Vishnu's avatar, in order to, to appease his, his weakness. Uh, he was growing faint from weakness. In so doing, he made such markings in the shell of the tortoise that it is understood that he wrote the saga of consciousness's exploits indelibly into the shell for all posterity. And that's why all the tortoise shells have such markings. Uh, because uh, Shesh was uh, the 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 snake was biting into the shell, because in order to get strength and inspiration to support the earth upon which this army was marching. Uh, uh, to this very day, all the tortoise shells you'll see, they all have the barkings. Uh, in this way, the repository of grace traveled to the shore of the ocean, and the immense army of bears and monkey warriors began to eat whatever fruits they could find. There, in the kingdom of the ego, everyone was beset with doubts since it was destroyed by fire. Everyone was thinking of their homes and wondering in what way the family of demons could be saved. If no one is able to describe the strength of his one ambassador, then how can we think of what great calamity will befall us when he comes himself? Uh, here's Hanuman, Ram Dut, the ambassador of Ram. The one ambassador was strong enough to burn down the entire city of demons. Just think what happens when the Lord himself comes. Who's going to save us? 
Not one of the soldiers, all the uncountable soldiers in the army of the ego could defeat Hanuman. <laughs> What's to speak of their facing Ram? This is their contemplation. Hearing reports of the doubts of the citizens from his trusted spies, from her trusted spies, she who supports the mind, the queen, Mandodri, was beset with concern. In private, she went to her husband with hands folded in respect, bowed to his feet, and politely spoke words full of reason, as many women often do. She said, oh, my beloved, please leave this enmity with the respected who takes away adversity. Please take my words to your heart as extremely beneficial from remembering the actions of his ambassador, the pregnant demon women miscarried in fear. Oh, my beloved husband, if you want the best, call your ministers and along with them send his wife back to him. Nature has come to our family like a frost in the night to a bed of lotuses. Oh, my Lord, please listen. Without returning nature, not even who radiates peace, Shiva, nor creative consciousness, Brahma, can save you. The arrows of consciousness are like an army of snakes, while our army is like a group of frogs. Renounce your stubborn attitude and use the means to save them from being devoured. Hearing those words, that fool who was famous for his egotism laughed in derision. The intrinsic nature of women is truly to be afraid. Even in times of welfare you have fear. How has your mind become so weak? Even if an army of monkeys were to attack, then the unfortunate demons will eat them up in order to nourish their lives, to fulfill their appetite. They'll just devour those monkeys. What's a band of monkeys compared to our demon warriors? Absolutely, the, the, the true nature of women is always to be af afraid and to conceive the worst possible results. The one who is feared by the guardians of the ten directions, his wife is afraid? This is very funny indeed. Speaking in this manner, he laughed and hugged her with great affection and departed to his council chamber. She who supports the mind's heart was beset with anxiety, fearing that God had turned against her husband. Sitting in his council chambers, he received the news that the entire army of the enemy had arrived at the far shores of the ocean. He asked his ministers what ought to be done now. They replied with a laugh that you sit with ease, free from concern. You defeated the gods and demons without any strain. Why should you be concerned about some men and monkeys? 
Now, this is Tulsi Das's observation. If an advisor, a doctor, or a guru, these three, say only what is pleasing to their listener from fear or from selfish desire, then the kingdom, the body, and the ideals of perfection will quickly be destroyed. You can't maintain your kingdom. You can't maintain your body. You can't maintain your dharma. Unless... You listen to the truth. You really take to heart the counsel of the wise ministers. This was the position of the ego. Whenever he was present, his advisors continually told him the things he liked to hear. In this circumstance, discrimination presented himself and bowed his head with deep humility before his older brother. After bowing his head, he took his seat and requested permission to speak. O merciful one, since you have given me permission to speak, then, hey, my beloved brother, I will say that which in my understanding I believe to be in your best interest. Whoever desires his own welfare, excellent fame, wise understanding, an excellent end, and various forms of happiness will not look at another man's woman. Just like people avoid looking at the moon on the fourth day of its appearance, except for Karvachot. That's the fourth day in Kartik. Uh, in the month of November, uh, all the women fast all day long, and then they go out and look at the moon. They look at the reflection of the moon. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so uh, here, uh, uh, people just uh, don't normally uh, look at just the way uh, they refrain from looking at the moon on the fourth day of its appearance. In the same way, don't lust after another man's wife. Even if one be lord of the 14 worlds, remember, seven above and seven below? Ah, it be, if he become an enemy, if he became an enemy of living beings, he will not remain. If a man be an ocean of qualities and be clever as well, because of a little greed, no one will speak well of him. O Lord, desire, anger, arrogance, and greed all lead the way to hell. Leave all of these and celebrate the Lord of light just like the saints do celebrate. Hmm. That's one of the great dohas. Your desire and anger and arrogance and greed all lead the way to hell. Leave all of these and celebrate the Lord of Light. My beloved, consciousness is not only a man acting as a king. He is the master of all the worlds. He is the time beyond all time. 
He is the supreme divinity, unchanging, without birth, Lord of all, who distinguishes all existence, undefeated, without a second, infinite. For the benefit of the earth, the learned men, the cows, and gods, the ocean of grace has taken the body of a human being. Please listen, brother. He gives bliss to those who serve him, destroys those who perform evil, and protects the ways of wisdom and the ideals of perfection. Leave this enmity and bow your head in respect. For those who take refuge in the Lord of light, he destroys all pain. O king, return the daughter of the one without a body to the Lord and without any other motivation, sing the praise of consciousness with great love. Yes, please. Well, Bibhishan is discrimination. And his duty is, what does discrimination do? Discrimination isn't really very tactful. Discrimination says right or wrong. Hmm. I mean, that's what discrimination does. And he says, brother, you're wrong. What if he had a discrimination on his own tactic? <laughs> then he might be more diplomatic. <laughs> But here, discrimination is saying, wrong. You're wrong. That's the Lord. Gold, we Like, he's not even, he's none of those categories, so why should he do it? I mean, he, 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 he doesn't have to No, uh, Robin is a great Brahmin and an extremely learned individual. He did such tapasya and such, he knew right. He was a commentator on the Vedas. He uh, wrote uh, uh, the, uh, so many stotrams. Uh, he, he was extremely learned and extremely accomplished in Sanskrit and in Vedic lore. Uh, now here is discrimination saying, you know. You know better. Your greed and your arrogance is going to lead you to hell. Come, come, uh, free yourself from your, uh, your ripus, uh, the limitations of consciousness, uh, and free yourself and celebrate the Lord. This is your duty as a Brahmin. You're from the lineage of Pulastya. Uh, you're, from, uh, you're born from Rishi. You have uh, knowledge of Sanskrit. You have knowledge of Vedas. You have so much wisdom and so much accomplishments. Why are you sur sur surrendering, submitting yourself to the base emotions, the lower attachments? I find nothing offensive in discrimination's tact. But he had to go on record as saying, I oppose. Does anybody have any comment? So, so Ravana was actually like, was a fallen Rishi? 
No, he's a he's a Rakshasa. His mother was a Rakshasa and his father was a So, he could have been either. But that's sort of the way we all are. We're not in devotion. I mean, the more we know and the better educated we are, the worse we behave. Oh, really? <laughs> Is that what we have to look forward to? <laughs> It does happen very frequently, unfortunately. Uh, if you look at some of the learned commentators on the Vedas, they become possessed by their claim to knowledge. But um, satyam vidyam binoy bhavati. True knowledge confers humility. And that's really the, the true knowledge that we would seek, is the knowledge that confers humility. Mm. Swami, how is it that discrimination is the brother of ego? They were born in the same family, from the same rishi. But let's see, how, does, how do you, doesn't an ego... Uh, every ego discriminates, this is for me, and this is for thee, and this is mine, and this is someone else's. So as soon as you have ego, you have an understanding of what belongs to the ego and what does not. Oh, I, I would assume that when we go into antakaran, the inner cause, is comprised of mon, buddhi, chitta, and ahamkar. Mon is all the subjective thought. Buddhi is all the objective thought. Chitta is all the thought. And that gives birth to ahamkar, to ego, the sense that I am something different. Kojito ergo sum, I think. Therefore, I am something different from the thought or from the object. I am the subject. And instantly, discrimination is born. The brother. Because it's determining which belongs to me and which doesn't. So, I think that uh, ego and discrimination we go hand in hand. If the ego listens to discrimination, it would be fine. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's good humor. Right, and that's why discrimination changes sides and goes over to fight with, Robin, uh, with Ram. Well, let's get, continue. We have only a few more uh, uh, verses. The Lord never forsakes one who has taken refuge in him. Even if he had committed sins against the entire world before repentance, 
He whose name destroys the pain of the three worlds, that Lord has manifest. Please understand this ego. So he's telling his brother, this, this is not just an ordinary man. This is the avatar of Vishnu. O oh, one with ten heads, again and again I bow to your feet and with all humility request you to leave your pride, delusion, and arrogance and celebrate the divinity of the nation of welfare. The, the sage Pulasti, our grandfather, has just sent this message through his disciple and that is why I have taken this opportunity to convey it to you, beloved brother. So the grandfather was sitting and meditating in the Himalayas and he sent a message through his disciple saying, don't fight with God, surrender. Respect was the name of a very wise minister. Hearing the speech of discrimination, he was very happy and said, Oh, dear one, your younger brother is extremely proficient in diplomacy. Please accept in your heart what discrimination has said. Ego became angry and said, These two fools are continually praising the greatness of my enemy. Is there no one here who will take them away from me? Then respect went away to his home. But Discrimination remained and with hands folded in respect began to plead. O oh Lord, our holy scriptures proclaim that excellent intelligence and selfish stupidity reside within all. Where there is excellent intelligence, there is the enjoyment of various kinds of wealth. Where there is selfish stupidity, the result is always adversity. Now selfish stupidity has taken you in its grasp and the results will be opposite. You cannot tell benefit from disaster nor who is your friend nor who is your enemy. Your love for nature is like the night of delusion for the dis dissolution for the demon families. Oh, my beloved brother, I am falling at your feet as a beggar. Please remember your love for me as a little child, and because of that love, return nature to consciousness so that nothing bad will befall you. And this is as far as we read tonight. So discrimination is sitting at the feet of his brother ego, grabbing onto his feet, saying, Please return Sita. If you don't do anything else for me in this lifetime, I will be satisfied, but send that lady home. Leave your arrogance, leave your delusion, leave your obsession, and celebrate the Lord of Light. Now, do we have any questions about what we read tonight? Or do we see the flow of the story? how ego is just totally obsessed with his own powers. And he demands possession of all that he demands. He wants it his way. Doesn't matter who advises in what way. Ego is stubborn and says, I want it my way. 
she who supports the mind, respect, discrimination, the true friends of the ego. They all come and plead with the ego. Ego, give up your stubbornness. You're jeopardizing the entire kingdom. Ego says, I know better. I don't have to listen to you. You're always praising my enemy. You're counseling me to give in. You want me to show my weakness. You're trying to make a fool of me. Why should I listen to counselors like you? I'll listen to these fine friends who tell me I have nothing to worry about. I'm so strong I can defeat anyone. I will always be victorious. Those are my true friends. Maybe something of this Ramayan goes on inside of us. Occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe continually. <laughs> there's, there's something in uh, psychology about neurotics that uh, when, they, when they do therapy or when they try to get better, they just get subtler at defending their position. So unless they have a true change of heart, they actually just get more well-adapted in being still neurotic or stubborn in the same position. Don't you have a classic example before you? <laughs> uh, we become so strong and we can defend any position. And just look at our own behavior and see how, I don't know about neurotics, or it, but all of us, how we can rationalize any behavior that brings success to what we think is successful. <laughs> we can rationalize we, we, we just surrender reason and we surrender uh, convention and morality to the ethics of convenience. <laughs> and don't listen to discrimination or to respect or to she who supports the mind. We want it our way. And we're entitled to have it our way. And how many advisors in our council of ministers say you can have it your way, you should have it your way, even if it's not true or it's not necessarily right? Swamiji, this drama that is this that goes on within us, is it's just the way it is? Is that it's just what happens? Mm, sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> Did you ever see the way it happens that way? <laughs> yeah. I can see it so clearly in others. <laughs> and now we're trying to look inside and see it happening inside ourselves. And listen to discrimination when he says, surrender to the Lord of light. She who supports the mind. Huh? Say a little about her, the wife of. Oh, yeah. She, she's, she's totally supportive. She wants the best for her man. And she is the, the, the energy 
that counsels goodness. You know, ego isn't necessarily bad. Ego is saying, I am different from. Now, this ego in Robin became the great egotist, which is different from just the ego. Because ego says there's separation. And that's not bad. That's true from one point of view. There is separation. But when that separation takes on the form of becoming the great egotist and becoming Robin who causes others to cry, who brings tears and sorrow to the world, Robin, Ruth, to make others to cry, then she who supports the mind comes and counsels goodness. And she says, you don't need another man's wife. No good can come from taking another man's wife. Uh, You've got enough of your own. How How can you keep us all happy? What joy could that bring you? What peace could that bring our kingdom? Stay home. So, Mando Dori, she's supporting the mind. Mando Dori. She's supporting the mind. And she's saying, hey, I'm giving you all the sustenance, all the nutrients, all the nourishment that you require. Do the right thing. Act in accordance with Dharma. Now, discrimination comes in this beautiful logic. He says, Sumati Kumati, Sumati Kumati Sabaking Uraraking, Nat Purana Nigama Asakaking, Jahan Sumati Krahan Sampati Nana, Jahan Kumati Takambipati Nidana. Wherever there is Sumati, intelligence, Sumat, excellent mind, excellent thoughts, and Kumat. Selfishness, stupidity, foolishness. They all resi- they both reside in everybody. Ah. So there's excellent intelligence, sumati, and there's selfish stupidity, kumati. And they both reside within us. Now don't listen to the kumati. When you listen to the Sumati, you get Sampatinana, various forms of wealth. You get, uh, 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 there's uh, 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 nine forms of wealth. You get peace, you get joy, you get contentment, satisfaction, you get uh, consistency. Uh, um, You get uh, 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 courage. Uh-huh. And and patience and um I don't remember the other two. But close. So there are nine forms of wealth. As as in Sri, Sha means Shanti, Ra means your mind, E means your heart. You get the nine forms of wealth. Peace in your mind and peace in your heart. So he's saying leave this selfish stupidity. Because if you take the excellent intelligence, you're going to get all the wealth. 
if you follow the path of selfish stupidity, the result is always adversity. Please. Yes. Well, because ahamkar is, is born from man. So from man comes this ahamkar. Now buddhi uh, gives rise to an objective ahamkar. But man gives rise to a subjective ahamkar. So the, the objective ahamkar just says there's just distinction between this form of existence and other forms of existence. But subjective ahamkar says, I like this and I don't like that. This is good for me and that's not. Hmm. So she who supports the mind is uh, supporting uh, her man. 